Everyone knows the apron is the hardest part of the ring, but this is the nerdiest part of the ring, your weekly news roundup for the wide world of professional wrestling. I am, of course, the host for the day. I am the five-star man, Asa Gray. And joining me at this time is the big D, Dalton Anthony. Yo! Dalton, we're going to keep this episode short because I know you want to get back to playing that WWE 2K that you've had for like an hour and a half now. And most of that I've been sitting here talking to you. I know. (laughs) I'm keeping you from this. So uh, we're going to get into everything here. Uh, Before we jump into our AEW Revolution review and our 2K22 review impressions and our news of the week, uh, we're going to start this episode how we're starting episodes going forward with the power of positivity trademarked. Uh, but not our trademark, that's someone else's trademark, but I think if I say that, then that keeps me from getting sued. Uh, But who knows? We'll see. And this week, for two weeks in a row, for me, is going to the AEW World Champion, Hangman Adam Page, my world champion. And this week, it's because of his ring attire from Revolution, wearing the, the rainbow and the trans colors in Florida, who is in the process of passing the don't say gay bill, which if you're at all familiar, you understand what a terrible fucking horrifying piece of legislation that this is that these psychopaths are putting through. And it's just kind of cool that hangman is using his platform in a way of showing support to these people who are just being targeted by dipshits. Yeah. So so that made that made me that made me really really happy. Uh Dalton, who who you got this week? Uh I'm going to go with uh, more of a local one. Uh the person that I won my first uh title with, he won his first like heavyweight championship this weekend. Uh Dexter Roswell, Garrett Turner. Um he's somebody that's been working really hard for like the better part of I think 6 years cuz I've known him for a long time at this point and he finally got his first like heavyweight title. And he's somebody that's only been helpful ever, like, anytime I've seen him backstage or in a show. Um, he's somebody that took me under his wing right away when I was brand new. Um, again, first person I won a title with. Um, somebody I learned a lot from those first, like, that formidable year of my, like, rookie year of wrestling. Um, so I'm just, uh, I'm happy. It's somebody that got something cool that deserved it. Um, so, yeah, that's mine. It's, it's a local one. Yeah, no, that's I'm, fine. This I'm allowed is, local ones. Yes, no, yeah. I, I mean, no one is mad at you. Yeah, if you if 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 you're mad at Dalton for picking his friend winning his first major singles title or a major, is this his first major one? He's won singles like titles. Heavyweight. In, it's his first. I'm pretty sure it's his first heavyweight. He's won titles at other companies and even at Stride mm-hmm. um, singles, but I think this is his first heavyweight overall. And that's what that's what I meant by major is like the main event title, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, if 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 you're mad at Dalton. Go ahead and tweet at us at nerdiest part. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you to eat a whole ass and then I'll tag Garrett (laughs) and I'll try to get him to say it too. Like it'll be three (laughs) messages back and forth and I'm sure I could get him to do it. Yeah. Just eat a whole ass. We we are petty. We've got the time. Oh yeah. I I have all the time energy and we were talking earlier. I have every notification to every app turned on. So I'll know, I'll know real quick if you try to some fuckery. And, and, and if there's one thing that we will be petty about is our friend Garrett, because he's, yeah, he like, even as someone who met him as a fan first, and then like, it was 
years probably i felt like until we actually like were in a locker room together like working when he came to ccw uh he's always just been the sweetest dude like i've i've been a fan of him for a long time i like the work that he's been doing and i'm also very excited for him so that that is a good pick and this is this this segment is just about like hey a cool thing happened i want to talk about a cool thing that happened yeah so it doesn't matter if it's local doesn't matter if it's nationwide just celebrate your friends celebrate successes and celebrate positivity because the internet can be a very very negative place sometimes and actually like this is this show is going to be just like a mostly positive one it feels like yeah because the main topic for the episode is this past sunday night was aew revolution and i am over the moon with this show i had an absolute blast with this show um from the pre-show all the way through the main event like top to bottom this was just a killer card we knew that going in but every single match delivered and then some uh it, it there was a lot of like news coming out of the show as well but we're gonna break it down we're going match by match because i love this i love this card it's my show this is what we're doing bite me log off uh, don't log off though. I want I want your listens. Also, yeah. tell your friends to listen to us, and then go uh, give us good ratings on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Do that though, please. Yeah, please, and all five, just like the just like the man Asa. Like the number of stars, unless there's ten stars available, then give it then give it two aces. But if it's just a five star system, then just give it one Asa is yeah. plenty. It's always the denominator of Asa. Yes, that is that, that it, it it is the Asa scale. Yeah. So starting with the pre show. Layla Hirsch defeating Chris Statlander. I really, I know, I know you didn't like this match as much as I did, but I really enjoyed it, and I was also very surprised and pleasantly surprised that they gave the win to Layla Hirsch mm-hmm. because this very much kind of seemed like the type of okay, we're going to keep Statlander relevant, we're going to you know keep her strong, but they gave it to Hirsch, which I think is interesting, and also it was like I said, a genuine surprise. And then after the match, she. Uh, was ran off by Red Velvet after kind of continuing the assault on Statlander. Yeah, uh, it was just, it was a weird feeling match to me, and I didn't, like, I was kind of meh about the finish, I think is what my, like, big thing where I was like, ah, okay, cool, that works, I guess. And that's um, fair, and there, it, 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 you know, it wasn't a perfect match by any stretch, like, there was, there was some missed spots, but, like, everything, everything it seemed like that went wrong, they covered for pretty well. Yeah, and those they're both two really, really good, like, professional wrestlers. So, yeah. it was a good match. It's just one of those things. Um, it's not a WWE level where it's like, ah, I just didn't like the finish, where, like, I feel like I dislike most finish finishes in, a like, a WWE show. It, it was just one of those where I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I see what they did. It's just not what I am a huge fan of. So, sure. it's whatever. It was good. Match number two on the pre-show saw Hook defeating Cape Girardeau's favorite son, QT Marshall, uh, by submission. Uh, Again, Hook continues to just be... The Hook act continues to be just a top-to-bottom absolute home run. Uh, So I get to use uh, one of my favorite segments of what does Allie Hebert think of this person? Because she was uh, watching whatever I was watching. She doesn't get hook she watched him she was like i can see that he's like good but i just it doesn't click with me the way it does with everybody else apparently and i was like he's the internet's favorite wrestler 
And like Sadie loves them. I I like them a whole lot. She just was very confused on it. I just like whenever somebody that hasn't seen the product watches something is just like, why him though? Yeah, I I get that one hundred percent. Like someone who doesn't regularly keep up and then just being presented with this kid coming yeah. <laughs> out and just like throwing people around and but the but everybody going insane about yeah. it. No, I get it. Like I understand why that would be why that would be confusing. Yeah. But I'm not one of those people. I am someone who has seen him just stand silently in the background of his dad's faction. <laughs> and then just kind of, okay, yeah, they sent Hook. They, he finally got a match and he's just a stone cold killer. What was the, oh, the, oh, handsome, what was the name? They gave him, there There was like a moniker. I need Isn't to, it I, like the handsome devil or something like that? No, it was it, it was similar to that, but it was it was more complex. I don't remember. Um, I will say at a certain point, and they haven't hit it yet because he. I think they said he was five and zero oh mm-hmm. whenever he came out to the pay per view. So I think he just like. I think he hasn't wrestled a ton, and he's only been on. Rampage, Rampage so far like he hasn't wrestled on dynamite this was which his in first... itself is which in itself is kind of a problem um this and this is his first pay-per-view showing on the pre-show yeah so it was so at a certain point we need to get longer matches out of him and i want to see him sell because the little bit that he that he sold for qt was good but we we need to see like longer bits. And granted, he's five matches. He's six matches in at this point. Yeah, it's it's we're gonna get that. And, and meanwhile, the crowd is still having a blast with it. He's the cold hearted, handsome devil. That's what it is. Got it. Because I knew there was an extra layer to it. But yeah, the cold hearted, handsome devil. The him starting the matches with his back to his opponent like that. Eventually, that is going to catch him. Oh yeah. Like he's gonna be across the ring from like. Daniel Garcia or CM Punk or Daniel Bra- or Brian Danielson. Just One- don't worry. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. At some point. At some point, it's going to happen. Uh, but someone is just going to come up from behind and, like, choke him out. Yeah. Just in the middle of it. Um, and, and it's going to be fantastic. So, but no, uh, this, w- this was a fun match. QT Marshall continues to be someone who I feel like doesn't really get enough credit for the role that he plays because he plays his part to perfection. Oh yeah, no. Like he that is somebody that understands what his job is and he does his job properly. Like that's that's and that's the bummer is because you never you don't recognize it until you do. And then you're like, "What what are you doing with this guy?" I was like, "Exactly what they're paying him to do." Mhm. And he does it perfectly. Exactly. Absolutely. That's the uh, nail on the head there. And then the final match of the pre-show was the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews defeating Pac, Penta Oscura, and Eric Redbeard. Oh, uh, I wish you were going to do the thing that Excalibur did at the end of the match. Where he was like, an Eric Rohn. I mean, Eric Redbeard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's... <laughs> this match... It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as at the... Was it the Brody Lee Memorial show? That Jericho he... just straight Jokes. up... Six times was like Eric Rowan's here. Eric Redbeard. It's Eric Rowan. It's Eric, Eric Redbeard. Redbeard is here. <laughs> oh, look at that. That is Eric Rowan. Like, no, dude, come on. Just um, give him a note. Just slide it on down. Just like, no, um, you can't call him that here. 
This one was my least favorite of the pre-show matches. And I just, I don't understand you. Uh, it became, uh, it was sensory overload to a certain extent that I was like, huh, what? And then it like, it felt like it broke down in the middle and they got back to it. It felt like, but there was a certain part where I'm like, I don't think they know what they're doing. (laughs) uh which was good because like they at least knew to like like they're all really good at what they do but it's one of those where i was like i am so confused on what's going on like i was losing track of who was what for a while like all right who's the legal person and like i was asking myself questions and that's one of those things if i have to ask myself that question so many times i'm like okay i'm just confused now i will say that is a that's a valid criticism but that applies to any time there is more than a one-on-one match in AEW. It is very easy to lose track of who's the legal man. You know, that's, it's one of the criticisms that I've held with AEW for a long time is they're playing how fast and loose they play with the rules of tag team matches, especially in six-man tags. So the idea that they are eventually going to introduce a trios championship like, I'm preemptively getting nightmares of try- trying to figure out, like, who would be legal and things like that. Yeah. And there, it, it did, but they did, they played it well because there was a portion, or, no, this, never mind, wrong match. That, but they, I loved this, top to bottom. This was, you, you said sensory overload, and, like, yeah, but good. Like, this is, I am eight years old, I have a giant bowl of the sugariest, teeth-rottingest cereal, and I am watching something on the TV that is just bright lights and loud noises, and I am just jittery with excitement. That's what this match was. The House of Black entrance... Oh, that was dope! Where the lights go out, and they appear, and then the lights go out again, and they're in a different spot, and... Oh, chef's kiss. Yeah. So cool. Uh, Buddy Matthews came in looking like that. Look at that man's upper body and tell me that God doesn't exist. I like, said out loud, that motherfucker ain't 205 anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was there was someone on Twitter that was like, "You're gonna tell me that he, they tried to weigh him in? They tried to convince people that he was 205, but he used to be. He was like, he apparently was like legit. Like he took that seriously, but yeah. now he doesn't have that restraint, and so he." took the just dear god that 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 is a man he started lifting weights like his fucking life depended on it and it might who knows like we don't know if there's a crank situation where it's just (laughs) like you have to look like a god or you know there's just someone off screen all the time just pointing a gun at him (laughs) like let me count the abs ab count (laughs) uh and then oh we also i I forgot to mention yeah, exactly. It's Tony Nese just be like, except no, Tony Nese is actively trying to stop him because he doesn't want anyone looking better than him. Uh, we uh, we did forget to mention though that between I think it was the first the first and second match or the second and third match, we had a special return to AEW. Oh yeah, as Kenny Omega's music played and out walked Don Callis. That fuck Don Callis, yeah, and. It's a little thing that AEW does, and I know it's they're not like the first ones to do it, but it, it is a, a highlight. But it was Tony Schiavone in the ring to do the interview, and Excalibur just being like, "Tony, I will give you ten dollars if you just stop this right now. Twenty dollars, 
thirty. He just kept going. I think up. it got to two hundred. I think it was either two hundred or five hundred. He got to. Yeah, I don't remember, but it was. He kept increasing the amount of him just like shutting off the interview, and it was that always makes me. That that's a that's a little thing on commentary that always makes me happy. So that's the kind of energy I try to bring to CCW of like there are certain people like and now you get to be one of those people. Um, but like anytime I do commentary for a match of someone that I just dislike in character, like I don't I I don't actually feel this way about anyone that I talk shit about on commentary. Uh, but it's just like oh my god, this is. I think at the last show I referred to Trent Daniels as the human equivalent of a wet sock. <laughs> just like i don't this dude this dude but and that was the pre-show that was just the pre-show you got that for free that was on youtube yeah and it was three really good to amazing matches like they added that house of black and Pac penta Skiro and redbeard match on rampage and they were just like okay you're gonna put us on last minute on the pre-show all right we see you and they showed oh so good but the pay-per-view itself kicked off with eddie kingston defeating chris jericho by submission an actual tap out not a pass out yeah moment. it wasn't a pass out chris jericho actually tapped out on pay-per-view to eddie kingston this was i loved this match yeah and i know why i love this match because someone on twitter pointed out that a lot of times veteran wrestlers when they go out with someone like still trying to make a name, and that's weird to say about Eddie Kingston because of how long he's been doing this, but like we're really kind of I truly believe Eddie Kingston will hold the AEW World Championship at some point. Yeah. And this is just like the first real step to establishing him in as a champion. Because he's been a contender before, but like this is I think this is the road that leads there. But they're like, you know, someone like Jericho will be like we're going to have my kind of match. We're going to have a Chris Jericho match. Yeah. But Chris Jericho went out there and had an Eddie Kingston match and had a really good Eddie Kingston match. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. The back fists, they got me so good with the code breakers. Like, oh, it was, I, I greatly enjoyed this match. What did you think? Um, I loved every aspect of it. I feel like they did a good job, like getting that crowd hyped up for the the main show proper. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really dug the promo leading into it, where Jericho said, "If you beat me, I'll shake your head in the middle of this ring." Yep. And then he beat he beats him in the most perfect way possible, where he made him quit. He didn't knock him out and got it, get a three count, which I mean that is a victory as well. But it's the most like personal fuck you. If you can get somebody to tap out to your move. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did it. And then he said, all right, cool. I'm getting my handshake in the middle of this ring. And Jericho just said, I can't do it. And Kingston doing it in a way. Cause he's like, he doesn't give a shit about the handshake. He doesn't care if Jericho respects him or not. It's because it's okay. You said you were going to do something and now I'm going to hold you to that. The way he like walked up to give him the handshake, that shit eating grin on his face, that just super cheesy smile that he had and just stuck out his hand. It was so good. And then, yeah, Jericho walking out on him saying, oh, no, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like that kind of then really kind of led to the what we saw tonight on AEW Dynamite. So but I'm excited to see where else this goes. And it's a huge win for Eddie Kingston. One of many. The the interaction with CM Punk on Twitter. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. 
I, <laughs> I don't remember what he. I don't remember what Kingston posted. It was something like I. It was because, I, I love AFI, but fuck CM Punk, or it was something I like hate, that. I hate CM Punk, but I love AFI. Something like that, yeah. And he's like, when people win, when people win, they go to Disney World. I'm telling you because you haven't done it before. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my god, give us, give me that sequel now. Give me Kingston yeah. Punk too. I would be very much on board. Let's see. Next up was the three-way tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships that saw Jurassic Express retain over Red Dragon and the Young Bucks. And I was very pleasantly surprised with this match. Oh, it was so good. I knew it was going to be a great match, giving the people who's involved, like the people involved, but it really did feel like Jurassic Express were kind of an afterthought. Like this was a Red Dragon Young Bucks story that happens to involve the tag team championships that neither of those teams hold yet. So I was fully expecting one of them to leave with the titles, but Jurassic Express retained. It was a great match. I typically don't like the format of these triple threat tag team matches where it's only two men are legal at once. Yeah. So you have to tag, you're tagging in and out, and you can tag anybody. But the the beginning part of Red Dragon and Young Bucks working together, and then that slowly, but very abruptly falling apart, so not slowly, I guess, but like the... Well, because I think Matt kicked uh, Bobby Fish on the apron, and he didn't even show remorse. He literally just shrug emojied it. Yeah. And, and well, I was and like, then- oh, I love that shit. There was also the, like, the agreement that it was going to be settled between them, like, between the Bucks and Red Dragon. It wasn't going, you know, they weren't going to pin one of Jurassic Express. But when, I think it was Matt went for the pinfall first, Kyle O'Reilly broke it up. And he's just like, come on, you know, we had the agreement. And then, like, 45 seconds later, Kyle O'Reilly, he gets tagged in and he goes for a pin. One of the young bucks breaks that up, and he's like, "I forgot. I'm sorry." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just, just the I forgot. I forgot. No, it was, it was good. Um, but no, this was a really great match. The combo where Jungle Boy jumped off of Young Buck One's back to hit a Frankensteiner on Young Buck Two off of the top of the turnbuckle. He hit the Frankensteiner and on as Nick. he came down. He grabs Matt, Matt Jackson around the waist and then hits a German. In just, like, the same motion? Yeah. What the fuck? It's one of those things that it's just, like, how it, like... Science doesn't apply to half of the people on the AEW roster. Jungle Boy, fortunately, being one of those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because, like, that was also... It's funny, because you keep bringing up the things that I'm like, and that fucking sequence was amazing. Because I was thinking, like, that was my highlight from that, was the yeah, top rope Rana. And he literally, like, it wasn't like he reset and then grabbed... If you watch it like enough times, you'll see as he was coming down on mm-hmm. his knees, he was already clasping Matt for the hook. And it's like, God damn, like that is some next level shit right there. So good. Just yeah. that was I I also think that was probably like the, the sequence of the of the match, if not potentially the night uh, just blew me away. Loved that. But Jurassic Express retained. It was awesome to see. Only real downside is, of course, I miss Marco. I miss Marco with them. Put Marco's yeah. stunt on my television immediately. And then this is the, the the only real complaint that I have for this pay-per-view. And it didn't... Watching it home, it didn't really bother me as much. But, like, we really got no chance to breathe. Oh, all. no. 
because immediately following that was the Face of the Revolution ladder match for a future AEW TNT Championship match, which saw Wardlow winning over Christian Cage, Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks. Who's your MVP of this match? Because I know who mine is. Uh, I mean, it's Wardlow. Ah, no, sir. Fucking Orange Cassidy. He did two of the coolest spots I've ever seen in ladder matches. The opening one where he just decided, I'm just going to jump on these big motherfuckers and try to get the belt. Um, I know that's happened before with like Big Show, but it was neat to see with more than just one person. And then whenever, um, oh fuck, I don't remember. I think it was Lee and uh, Powerhouse Lee were and- holding the ladder, mm-hmm. and because yeah. like uh, Orange Cassidy was doing the Terry Funk uh, helicopter spot, and they lifted up over his head, and he's like fuck, 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 and then just skins the cat up. It's impressive enough when somebody can do that anyway. Mm-hmm. Like that is an athlete. Like we see it all the time, but it's one of those things. Like the amount of athletic. Like, your upper body strength has to be so good, and you also have to be agile enough to just fucking whoop, get your lower half over your upper half. But he didn't do it on a steady rope. He did it where two people were holding something. And it's one of those things that that could have went so wonky in so many ways, but it worked perfectly. And they got yeah. out of it great, too, because I'm like, how do you get out of it? Oh, well, you shake it and make him crotch himself. You're still holding the ladder, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. it was one of those that I was like, Orange Cassidy is the funny haha person. But when he actually gets to, like, do cool shit, he does the coolest shit. Uh, I was bummed out whenever Keith Lee yeeted him. Because yeah. I, was, I literally held, like, I was watching the way he was holding him. And I was like, oh, he's going to overshoot those guys. And I don't know how I just knew. And I think it's just because it's Keith Lee. Like, he's just so strong. But he, like, overshot him. I was like, oh, no, because that looked like a rough landing. There's a lot of rough landings in this. The... Ricky Starks getting powerbombed onto the ladder, but catching, like, the back of his neck. Oh, yeah, that was rough. That was rough. <sighs> Thankfully, he he's, he's okay, because that was genuinely pretty, pretty scary-looking landing. But that was kind of scary. I also did not love the landing. So when Hobbs, Lee, and Wardlow were all fighting up the stage and then in front of the announcers, and Wardlow checked... Hobbs and Lee off of the yeah, yeah yeah off the stage through the table. It looked like Lee didn't get any of the table, like it was broken as he was coming down. So he just landed on the ground. That looked a little rough too. But as far as we know, there were no injuries coming out of it. The I do want to point out too the Ricky Stark spear through the top portion of the ladder open that, that he hit on Christian Cage. Dope. That was sick. And I'm, I'm a little bummed that Starks didn't win. He was who I think I was pulling for the most. Mm-hmm. I love that Wardlow won, especially considering what happens in Punk versus MJF. But I don't know. There's just something about that story. And I, I, I have faith that AEW will tell the story correctly because they've earned the benefit of the doubt there. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I don't know this. I would have really liked to see Starks get a TNT title shot. Like, I'd like to see him move towards there. That said, Scorpio Sky is obviously winning tonight. Men of the year forever. But Wardlow is the face of the revolution. He will get a future TNT championship match 
But what happens if he wins it? Does he get to keep the title? What you know with the MVP contract? What's or MVP? MJF. Uh, Lord, with the MJF contract, what's what's going to happen? We'll see. I, I I think that's what it is. Is with him immediately turning on MJF. Now, like, is he out of his contract? Like, which I'm sure they're again they're going to address it. We'll we'll find out, but. See, next match was for the AEW TBS Championship as Jade Cargill defended against Ty Conti. Another incredible match. Jade Cargill coming out dressed as Mortal Kombat's Jade mm-hmm. was amazing. Uh, her opening the match with just grabbing Ty and just kissing her right on the mouth uh, is going to be a moment that lives with the internet and myself for a very long time. And it was also just a really good match. Jade busted out a frog splash. Yeah, that was real pretty. So you're telling me she can also now do frog splashes? Get the fuck out of here. At a certain (laughs) point, you're going to hit your ceiling. And I'm scared at how high that ceiling is going to be. Because, holy shit. Every time she gets in the ring, she gets better. And also, uh, props to Ty Conti. Because, again, same thing. She's someone who continues to grow and continues to be great. And I I don't think it's very long before she holds singles uh, singles gold yeah. in AEW. Because she's also someone who continues to improve and is also very talented. Yeah, I know. I loved the match. Um, it was very one of those overbooked train wreck sh- uh, matches. Like, we had Anna Jay, we had uh, Mark Sterling. But it was a lot of fun. That was one of those that I just kind of watched. And I was like, that was that was a fun wrestling match. Yes. Um, and that's always good to see. Like you said, Jade is only getting better every time. Uh, and it's insane because she's only wrestling at AEW. Like, yeah. And she's still finding a Like, she's like 29 and 0. Because uh, Sadie said, and I quote, whenever that graphic came up, I was like, oh, she's getting that Undertaker push. And yep. I was like, yeah, actually, she kind of is. Because, like, they're just flat out doing the Goldberg with her, where it's just. Duh, but she's still showing new things every time. Which, like, 29 matches, and you're still doing cool shit, like, you're still able to pull out, like, you have more shit in your repertoire that you can pull out, that's always cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's, she's someone that, like, it's, it's someone who, it's like, okay, when we talk about AEW next year, or, like, at the end of the year, who is going to, you know, where is she going to be? What is she, how good is she going to be? Because the answer is very. But just, like, how very think makes you think man <laughs> next up is the dog collar match cm punk defeating mjf god damn and ladies and gentlemen for a moment let me just talk about the entrances because the previous match is over we're leading into the dog collar match the video package has aired and we hear the familiar sounds of Cult of Personality hitting. hitting. I don't know why I said hitting. That was weird. And then it, the music cuts, and it goes into MJF's theme. MJF comes out. Oh, he he cut out some of the, moment, the momentum of CM Punk. He stole that initial entrance music pop. You know, he doesn't get that energy from the crowd now. There is a legit, like, reason that you can put to do it. Because like, otherwise, it's just, like, random. But no, that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to get the crowd excited and take that from them. But it didn't work, Dalton. No, And do you know why it didn't work? 
because he had something in his let back me tell pocket. You why. Let me tell you why it didn't work, Dalton, because you don't know. The reason it didn't work is because this motherfucker comes out to his Ring of Honor music. I don't know how to say it correctly because my tongue gets tied. The Misery Cantera by AFI. He comes out to the old AFI song. I'm losing my absolute shit. I even like messaged you, I think, or I put it on Twitter. It was one of the two of just like you did both, he... by the way, just so you know. OK, probably. I was very excited at the prospect of hearing the AFI song. And because you said, oh, uh, no, I'll get the keep talking. I'll get the exact I'm going into our <laughs> DMs because it was it was one of those that legitimately broke me because I think you called it before it happened. Mm-hmm. And then when it happened, I couldn't stop laughing at it. So I didn't get to appreciate how badass it was because you broke me. Mm-hmm. Because it broke me. Oh, yeah. I was losing my shit. So, but not only does he come out to the Ring of Honor music, he comes out wearing his Ring of Honor gear. He's in the basketball shorts. He's in the jacket. He looks just, it, it's such a cool moment. And I know there's been a lot of like discourse about, oh, it, it wasn't for everybody, blah, blah, blah. Excalibur said it on commentary. He said it was going, you know, this is, this is harkens back to his ROH days, not just the music, but his attire, his attitude. Yeah. And I think someone even on Twitter pointed out that like, that was the same music he debuted for like a dog collar match. He had with Raven Raven. Yeah. Cause that's, ROH. that is a like class and like that. I want to say his gear was the same as the it dog was. collar match. Yeah, so, like, that dog collar match is very pivotal to Ring of Honor history. Like, it's, I wouldn't say it's one of the best matches overall in Ring of Honor history, but it's one of the more important ones. Because that CM Punk-Raven feud in early Ring of Honor was, like, super important to, to Punk. Like, that was one of those that solidified, like, no, nah, this motherfucker's legit. Because they were doing the feud on Impact, but they were doing, like, yeah. a baby version of the feud. Uh, that Ring of Honor feud, though, like, that was some next level-ish. Uh, so here it is. If Punk comes out to AFI, I'm going to freak the fuck out. And then nothing from me. I then get bro, bro, and then bro, to which I just said, you okay. And then you said, pay-per-view of the year. <laughs> yep. The match hadn't started yet. Super important to note that that all happened before the bell rung. It's the exact same reaction you would have had if X-Pac had showed up before the GCW Cardona Janela match. Oh yeah, no, still pay per view of the year. I need yeah. you to know that was still my pay per view. The Xbox showed up. <laughs> there was a different pay per view. There was a different pay per view where they actually where he actually wrestled. Yeah, and that Mar- wasn't the pay per view. But Marco was also in that match that involved Xbox. So fucking pay per view of the year. Okay, that's fair. Uh, the match itself, though, like, so I know I ruined the entrance for you, but I oh man, that was so cool. That was so cool to see. They knew how to like they set a mood right away. Mm-hmm. That this was going, like, they made it special before the bell even rung. And if you can make it special before the bell rings, you don't have to work hard. That being said, these motherfuckers worked hard. Because they, the kind of the kind of people who can make it special before the bell rings aren't the kind of people who will not work hard. When yeah. they don't need to. They work hard because, like, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, They did everything under the sun in this match. A uh, which too is, much. No, no, I I get what you're saying, and I am the same person that complained about the stimulus overload in the pre-show match, (laughs) but this was everything in the perfect way, and it was one of those things that they even did the adorable, like, they didn't do this on purpose, but there was those adorable moments where they realized they fucked up with the dog collar, because that's something that you should never have to think about, but they were getting tired. Having to go in and out of the ring to try to figure out, like, where the... The collar is, like, the chain, yeah. 
Um, mm-hmm. God, it was so good. There's so like too much shit to fucking go over. But like MJF reopening the wound and then the hand on the salt of the earth, like they were doing just they were giving you everything at the same time, which was perfect because it made you forget parts. Um, I totally forgot that he worked the hand, like Punk was working the hand, so the salt of the earth just was not going to happen. Or if it happened, it was going to be a real bigoty bitch for MJF to do. Uh, and also, I will say too, also part of it to lean into it is the them talking about, and they talked about this too in another match we'll get into, how the blood was making it harder to hold onto the submission. Yeah. On top of that, on top of him not having full grip strength in his hand, CM Punk was bleeding buckets. Yeah, because they even said, like, oh, I think the blood helped him slip out, which I went, Ugh! but, um... Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, it's one of those that... And I will die on this hill where I don't miss blood in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, at all. Um, It does add something, but on this show we had... Two matches with blood... Maybe three? Two for sure. I know two. Yeah. But, um, and it's intentional, like, and it's fine, like, it doesn't bother me at all. Uh, I do like seeing an expert craftsman gig in front of everybody's eye, and you literally, if you blinked, you missed it. Uh, cause Punk did. Punk opened it up in front of everybody, and I barely caught it. Um, it was a gorgeous. Uh, but I don't necessarily miss that style of wrestling where there needs to be blood everywhere. Especially, like, we are still in the middle of a global uh, health crisis, and we're just mixing blood up now. Which I get that these guys are, like, tested and everything, and it's cool, but it's still yucky. And that's it's not the a, only... It's not bloodborne. Well, no, yeah, I'm aware, but it's still yucky. And I'm aware that it's not bloodborne, COVID isn't. But let me say it just for the third time, because it's the best word I can use to describe it. Yucky. Uh, I'm going to say yucky again one more time in regards to this. Not this match, but later on. Are you trying on. to get a t-shirt out of this? We don't even have, like, a sh- shirt with the show logo. No, because it's the best word I know to describe how I feel about that kind of blood and wrestling. Like, whenever it's just one person and it's, like, an accidental thing, I think mm-hmm. it adds to it. But when it's intentional and it's both of them and it's buckets, like, they bled a lot. A lot. And uh, then, on top of it, they added thumbtacks. Yeah! Fuck, they added re- thumbtacks. I really could have done without the thumbtacks on top of it, especially because, like, the which the first big bump into the thumbtacks, the superplex, mm-hmm. kind of missed. It was like an ass, like Punk got a, a butt full of the tacks, mm-hmm. so that that missed. Uh, I felt really bad for the referee because there was a couple times you could see him like do the count, and then like you saw him pick one out of his hand and be like, "Fuck!" Like shake his yeah. hand off. Like so that was gross, but. I, I I agree with everything you said. Like the the they told a fantastic story. This has been a fantastic feud, but the arguably the biggest story coming out of this now going forward is what Punk kicked out of something big, and so MJF was kind of losing his shit. He starts screaming for Wardlow. Wardlow, get down here. Wardlow, Wardlow. Wardlow comes out after having already won the Face of the Revolution ladder match. MJF wants the ring. Wardlow like starts patting his pockets. He can't find it. He doesn't have the ring. Punk then hits MJF from behind. And then as both men are down, Wardlow reaches in his pocket. Oh, oh, pulls out the ring. He found it. He had it all along. He looks at Punk. He puts the ring on the apron and he walks away. Yeah. Punk then uses the ring to help beat MJF. And 
that is the fallout that because I can't I can't imagine that we're getting anything else between Punk and, and MJF. I really no. hope we don't, at least not for a long time. Yeah. Uh, the the big fallout of this is going to be Wardlow MJF. Now that Wardlow's finally turned on him, which again. I know I said earlier I was kind of disappointed that this was the scenario that we're getting it, but I'm very excited that this finally happened. They've been teasing it amazingly, and I this is going to be a this is going to be a very very fun story. Yeah, and that's I mean, you can put Punk in the championship. You can do anything with Punk, honestly. But it's one of those now where I'm like I'm almost more excited for what's about to happen than what we got, yeah. uh, because. We had MJF, we had CM Punk, we both know that they're, like, money. Wardlow is one of those people that I want to see more out of. I don't watch Lord Wardlow and think, oh, this guy sucks. I genuinely want to see what he can do. Well, yeah, no, you have eyes yeah, and a brain. Like, if anyone watches Wardlow and thinks this dude sucks, obviously you're not listening to this show. No, but uh, it's one of those where it's I like, don't... he's not one of those, like company born people that's just like this guy is not great at what he does he is getting a push based on how he looks where like wardlow is really good at telling stories like he, yeah. and, and it could be the people he's in the ring with but he does like again it's the qt marshall thing he plays his part perfectly like he is that perfect heater of just he has protected mjf for so long and now he said fuck it and fuck you and he's he's, he's so emotive as well with doing so little because the role that AEW's had him play of just the stoic big man he kills that role but he also brings such a little nuance to certain yeah. things and whenever he's like off the chain and gets to just be him i th- i'm very very excited to see what that looks like because I, like like you said he's very good and i want to see just how good he can be without the res- uh, this sounds like I'm shitting on the character, but I'm not. But like without the restraints of the character, of him being MJF's bodyguard. Yeah. Now he just gets to be Wardlow. Yeah, and that's going to be even better. Let's see. The next match was for the AEW Women's World Championship as Dr. Britt Baker DMD uh, defeated Thunder Rosa by pinfall, and to steal a line from one Mr. Dalton Anthony, what an overbooked piece of shit this was. Um. Not really, because the match itself was really good, but it the the rebel and hater constant interference wore thin, and I you know sure maybe maybe it's working maybe this is the desired reaction, but I got real bummed out. They got me a few times with some of the near falls, but overall I'm kind of I'm ready to move on from DMD as champion. Yeah, that's how I felt, too. I was like, this is the show that Thunder has to win it. Like, and it didn't Although, happen. And I was kind of bummed by it. It does look like she's getting set up for a rematch in her hometown. Yeah. So that rematch in Thunder Rose's hometown, when she wins, when she wins, Dalton. God, I Dalton, hope she look wins. at me. Dalton, look at me. I when fuck. she wins. I hope so. It's going to be that that is going to be a phenomenal reaction and it's going to be a very good moment. Uh, real quick. So, what do you think about the new woman's belt? I love it. I say that's such an improvement. I didn't think I didn't, the old belt was bad, but this new belt is so much better. I didn't think the old belt was bad, but it definitely felt lesser than yeah. like the men's title because like it was smaller. It, it just like, you know, I get what they were going for. And it like I said, it didn't look bad, but this looks more prestigious. It looks more legitimate. It, it, yeah, I, I'm. Excited to get it in action figure form in, like, a year. (laughs) The next match, 
because it's nothing but hit bangers. John Moxley defeated Brian Danielson by pinfall. All right, um, great match, but all the shit I want to talk about is what happened after. So I'll let you put over how great the match was, and then I'm going to talk about how I audibly yelled like we did for AJ Styles back in 2016. Go yeah, ahead, I also, Go I also ahead. lost my shit after the match. Um, the this was this was a phenomenal match. Uh, there was blood, and but it, and again, like I'm kind of like you, like I'm fine with blood being mostly an uh, an a uh, relic of the past. That said, I think it does certainly add in certain certain matches, like when it's used sparingly. Like I wouldn't say it was overused, but there was a lot of it. Some people are just bleeders, and and when you bleed a lot, though, it gets it's like all right, I get it. But that's it. This match was killer. This was another example of them like uh, Danielson couldn't lock in certain submissions because Moxley was bleeding so badly, and it was a hard hitting match. They were just feeling it. Yeah. This was just two professional wrestlers having the professional wrestling match that they have wanted to have for years. Yeah. And you could feel that. You could sense it. This match was special. Yeah. And it was great. The finish was a little wonky. Uh, Like the actual ending itself with the pinfall. I did like I was like, oh, that it didn't look great. I didn't think. But Danielson did a fantastic job of being pissed off of like, no, 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 that's not what happened. We're, that's not how this goes. Because Moxley reversed a, a submission into a, a pinning predicament. Danielson doesn't kick out. And then they start going at each other again. Uh-huh. The referees try to break him up. They can't yes. get it. Security comes mm-hmm. out. And then with security comes out one, the one and only William motherfucking Regal. <laughs> I yelled at my TV. And again, I did too. I need you to know <laughs> everything. I feel so bad for Allie because anytime that motherfucker has been brought up in the last six years of our friendship, she has to hear me gush. And it was a great match. It was so good. And then William fucking Regal shows up and I'm like, oh, he's about to stepdad the shit out these boys. And that's and what fucking happened. He gets he, in the middle of them. Oh my god! He gets in the middle of. Sorry, Asa, gets in the middle of them and just scolds them. Just scolds them, and then gets like Moxley, being who he is, just keeps trying to get to Daniel Bryan, and then William Regal just slaps the, the dog shit out that man. And this is, all right, this is the next yucky. He then, like, puts his forehead in and the blood wipes off on him. And I was like, okay, that was fucking gross. But, like, I let it pass because it was regal. And then, like, I love that Daniel Bryan, again, just, or Brian Danielson, fuck. He did the Brian <laughs> Danielson thing where he applauds him for slapping Moxley. He was laughing. Yeah. He was laughing at him. Yeah. And like, then, haha, you got slapped. And then just William Regal being the fucking 1950s principal that motherfucker looks like turns around and then just slaps the shit out of Danielson. Asa, they made an entire segment of their pay-per-view dedicated to our fucking podcast. Because you know what we gotta do? We gotta talk about William Regal again. And oh my god. God, I am very unfortunate. The only bummer is that they teased the tag team. Like, they said it. Like, one of the commentators made a comment about it. And I'm like, ah, shut the fuck up. Like, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Just give us the moment, and then we can speculate on what's about to happen. 
Because, oh my god, that was the coolest shit ever. The best thing AEW's ever done. Not even fucking close. It, it, like, like you, I also lost my shit. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, holy shit, that's William Regal. And then they let him be William Regal. Because I don't want to over, I don't want to understate how AEW has done such a good job of, like, letting Mox be Mox. John Moxley is John Moxley. He does what he wants when he wants. He doesn't give a fuck. And to have someone come out, get in his face and slap him. And for him to be like, you know what? Okay. <laughs> that just shows how important William Regal is. They are treating him like a huge deal from minute one. And it's so good and then yeah like a little like the younger sibling laughing at his brother for getting in trouble and then the parent turns around and just be like no i didn't forget about you you little shit and just (laughs) slaps him of just like hey y'all need to get your shit in order this is not what we do this is not what you do and so i am dying to see where this goes this is one where it's just like i need to let me fast forward time because i want to be a year into this story of what happens? Is it a full blown stable? Is it a tag team? Is it you know? Does one betray the other? Does Regal pick sides? I I can't wait to see where this goes. But I'm I'm over the moon with one the match itself, and then just like this would be this is this would be like if you had the most amazing Sunday of your life, but for whatever reason the cherry on top was your favorite part. Oh yeah, no, that was the like just yeah. like, it's just I don't. <laughs> I don't know how I love this so much. It's one of those things where it's like you got every present you wanted. Like, oh, fuck, you got a PS5. But that copy of Miles Morales really fucking sent it. Like, <laughs> just over. Like, you you were going to get it. Like, we were going to get William Regal somewhere. We got him this. Sold. Huh? I absolutely was not sold that William Regal would go to AEW. I thought it was a possibility. No, I said he was going to go somewhere. Oh, gotcha. We, were gonna, we were going to see William. And again, we were going to react like this no matter what. By the yeah. way, <laughs> like this was not exclusive to it being Danielson and Moxley. Uh, we were going to act this way if he showed up at fucking bumfuck Kentucky and did it doing a show like we were going to do say, if it was if he was on air authority figure of like control your narrative, maybe not reacting this strongly, but no, it would yeah. be the only <laughs> good thing I'd have to say about that. That's uh, fair. If you want to spend money, you can go into the rant room and tell him that yourself. Yeah, internet, keyboard. Oh, well, only one person did that, though. Only one person (laughs) had the balls. No, I don't... I I have better ways to spend my $100, EC fucking three. Uh, Jesus Christ. No, no, this is a happy show. What are we doing? (laughs) Fucking William Regal slapped the dog shit out of Danielson and Moxley. I'll tell you what we're doing. We're dunking on dorks, and that is happy. (laughs) It's legal. (laughs) The... So yeah, that's otherwise. So we're I'm, I'm cutting it off here because at a certain point we just have to rename this to like regality or something. The next match, the come down match, the cool off match before your main event was Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Sting taking on the Andrade Hardy family office, Andrade El Idolo, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy. This was a train wreck. It was fun. Uh, Sixty three. 62 63 year old sting jumping off the top of an overhang at the in the arena going through multiple tables and andrade absolutely unnecessary completely fucking badass the uh the match itself it was fun like i said it was a car wreck yeah the 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 biggest downside though was darby allen 
hitting the coffin drop on Matt Hardy and like just Whiffing. get none of it. Yeah. Absolutely none of it. And then they showed the replay from the top down where it just like, look how little of this made contact. Right up so, that ass. That was the message that I sent to you and you said, why would they show the replay? And I said, right up that ass. Cause that's yeah. all I got. <laughs> Some of the, uh, I think, I don't remember who it was on Twitter, but someone was like, they should make that the reason that like, Oh, Hardy admits he just wanted to be out of the match. So he knew it, it missed, but he just like, didn't kick out. And I was like, if they turn that into a story, like, sure. Uh, oh, I can let you know. I checked my Twitter right before we started talking about this match. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen? Okay. No, so, no, no. Uh, which I could have. Like, that's maybe that's what they used to, like, vote him out. But uh, And then your main event was for the AEW World Championship. And it saw Hangman Adam Page retain over Adam Cole. And I loved this match. But like most Adam Cole matches that we've talked about for championships... At a certain point, you just gotta shoot him. Yeah, you you're, you're gonna have to kill him to to keep someone down because we we got kickouts of pretty much every finisher and signature move and variations say, of those moves. I will say the very end sequence was really pretty. Yes, and really well done because he took the um, page. I can't say Adam Page took the knee. Uh, knee pad down and hit the final shot is that what it's called the boom the boom that's what it was he hit the boom and then as he like was taking his bump off of the boom he like hit the ground looked for a second and then immediately transitioned into the buckshot lariat and hangman page i don't think gets credit for his like in-ring movements um that motherfucker is liquid in the ring when he wants to be like he moves so cleanly it's one of those like i remember whenever aew started i was real bummed out that they didn't put the title on him first like i get why they did it but i remember talking about it and being like just fucking put it on hangman it'll work you can make it work because he's like so good and that was what two years ago it was 2019 or three years ago fuck three years ago i was dead wrong and i'm cool with conceding that point because that motherfucker's only gotten better and yep. like, cause he's always been smooth in the ring and he's found a way to get smoother. Also, I just realized saying smooth this many times in a row, we forgot one of the most important parts of, uh, revolution. Shane I was fucking, gonna, oh, my bad. I know I was going to do it. I was going to do it after the, after the matches, matches but we, since we're here, it, it, we did get the official announcement that Swerve Strickland is all elite. Tony Schiavone introduced him, showing the name on the contract before he introduced him. Like, that was kind of funny. He's just waving the contract around. It said swerve in big letters across it. Because I but, uh, I blinked. I was, like, not paying attention. Or I was eating or something. And somebody in the room said, who's Shane Strickland? And I literally, like, I was like, <laughs> I missed it. And then I was like, that's Tony Schiavone. And they said, no, the contract said, like, Shane something Strickland. And I was like, oh. and then Sadie got to see me be the happiest child at Christmas. Mm-hmm. because i'm like oh and i was like this is like what because like oh it wasn't sadie that said it though because she would have been like she would have not have said it. i was gonna say she i was she, she would have known who yeah Strickland Shane, is. well yeah but it was i was so happy so happy to see him in there cannot wait to see what he does put him in a fucking tag team with keith lee and just let it happen just they were they've tagged before uh the uh i i yeah no it's super cool i'm excited to see what he does um I know I said that Sammy's dropping the title, the title to Scorpio Sky, which is cool because after like a, a six month long feud, uh, Swerve can have the the TNT title, take that off of 
Scorp. When, you know, but after Scorp gets a nice long run. Yeah. But no, uh, Swerve just like, he's going to immediately just be like, nope, I own the network now. And it's one of those that you forget how fucking cool that guy is. And also, he's in 2K22. Uh, there's sure, my, yeah. that's my that's every belt that guy's gonna hold every belt even the ones that he's not supposed to he's just holding all of them he's ecw them. tv title yeah sure why not <laughs> you're gonna download belts for him to hold yeah he uh but so but the main event itself adam page adam cole the crowd was a lot of fun in this too of like let's go adam mm-hmm. and just you know just chanting for adam yeah because it's like oh adam's gonna win we it's that was i got a kick out of that but this was a phenomenal match. It was really, really good. It, interesting that Red Dragon are the only ones to come out to help Cole. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the Young Bucks. And then the Dark Order eventually came out because it was just like Red Dragon was out there for a while before the Dark Order came out. And it was kind of weird. Like there was a really weird moment because like the Dark Order's out there and Paige shoves uh, Reynolds. Yeah. And it's like, they're your friends, buddy. Come on now we've let's not rehash this he was in he was it was intense it was a moment just reynolds was in the way it fucking happens it happens the dark war is fine he's there is oh god (laughs) oh gus no (laughs) fuck you asa no you i'm not disappointed i'm just mad the i loved it I, i thought this was a great match it the i could have done without the outside interference but overall it didn't really like hurt anything too much it wasn't too egregious but uh, this was a great pay-per-view top to bottom yeah not a bad match on the card on the pre-show nothing it was a ton of fun there's a lot of interesting things coming out of it william fucking regal is there swerve strickland is there hell yeah hell yeah so uh but tonight is uh, more about wow wow I just, I, do do you smell toast too? Tonight is about more than just revolution as much as I would love it to be. Dalton. Now, originally you were supposed to have more time with it before we recorded our next episode, but this is a special Wednesday edition. You've got some work obligations, so we weren't going to be able to record uh, on our normal Thursday night. Next week we will be back Thursday. But you did get a little bit of time with wwe 2k22 and before you give your thoughts i want to introduce a very special guest to the episode potentially we're going to see how this goes we're going to see how asa understands technology because one of two things are going to happen ladies or gentlemen either you're going to hear in just a moment from the one and only mr 100 shannon young from podzilla 1985 and he's going to give his thoughts a quick little uh review in progress of wwe 2k22 or if you don't hear that and we go straight into dalton you're going to hear that as soon as the episode ends we're going to tack it on at the end but i think i can get it in here so we're going to turn it over right now to mr 100 shannon young hello ladies and gentlemen mr 100 shannon young here from podzilla 1985 and pro wrestling unscripted ask your parents about it it used to exist and really quick, I wanted to take a, a moment here on Asa and Dalton's wonderful show to give my first impressions of WWE 2K22, which released for pre-orders of the Deluxe and NWO editions uh, two days ago. comes out officially this Friday. And what can I say? A million times better than 2K20, although that is a very low bar to surpass. The gameplay is fast. It's fun. The action feels fresh. The moves feel fluid. 
The characters look amazing. The graphics and presentation are top notch. This is the best wrestling game I've played probably in five, six, seven years. It's not incredibly better than 2K19 or, or 17 or 18, but it is better. And after the absolute horror show that was 2K20, I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. There are a couple of missteps, of course, some baffling choices in the My GM mode. The My Faction mode is relatively pointless, and the story for My Rise, though enjoyable and fun, isn't exactly Shakespeare. You're not getting a well-crafted tale, but the stories are fun. I found the characters, even the new ones that they've introduced, to be really entertaining and endearing. And overall, it's just a really fun experience. If you've been on the fence about 2K22, I'm telling you, it's good. Go get it. You can get it without worrying too much, and we can finally, finally put the nightmare of 2K20 behind us. Thank you, Asa and Dalton, for giving me a chance. I miss you guys. I love you. Keep kicking ass. All right. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. We appreciate that. Uh, I kind of, I, I, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk more, but hopefully maybe he'll be on next week, like for the full episode after you and Dalton get your hands on, after you guys get your hands, you get to sink your teeth into the game for real, have a, a real in earnest review. But until then, Dalton, you've gotten to play for about an hour, you said? Yeah, about 45 minutes. Okay, uh, so top level, initial, first impressions, what do you think about this year's WWE game? Uh, I got stuck on the tutorial because there's a certain mechanic that I couldn't time right. Uh, and Drew Gulak was just riding my ass about it because he's your coach of the tutorial, by the way. It's Coach Gulak. Uh, so already 10 out of 10 game of the year baby because it's drew gulak got spotlighted um but for real uh man they made a game that runs <laughs> and that's the bar i i can't tell if i absolutely love it yet um i feel like they tried to hit the middle of arcade and simulation and i think as of right now they're doing a good job um there are some complex button combinations to do things that weren't that difficult before and that's kind of a bummer, but I don't hate it. Um, I like the I like how the game runs. The game and it's beautiful. Um, I have only played showcase matches. Now I am going to say this without hyperbole: the best showcase mode in any 2K game, and I am counting 2K14, um, which had the 30 years of WrestleMania, and that's the one that I like. Praise this Rey Mysterio uh, showcase is the best shit 2k has done that's not oh no i'll say it the best shit that 2k has done and this is somebody that praised last year's 2k originals if that game wasn't a broken mess that would have been an amazing game uh two yeah 2K if that game if that game was good it would have been a good game no like that probably would have been my favorite thing 2k ever did because it was it's my number one review of 2k 20 of that game had a lot of charm unfortunately it was surrounded by bullshit this um, I'm going to quickly describe it and then we can bounce off of it because it's all I've played. So it's all I can review. I'm going to give the showcase a 10 out of 10, uh, because they have, a, it's all Rey Mysterio matches. It starts with Halloween Havoc 97. So they're already cheat coding me a little bit, uh, <laughs> because that's my, like, if anybody knows me and Asa can attest, it is like my favorite match of all time. Um, yes. I, anytime they do anything with that match, they already, like, I have the elite. Um, and a special part in my collection, uh, underneath Turbo Man. I love that. Like, it's my favorite Rey Mysterio. Um, that's what they start with. And the cool thing is, is it, you get, like, a talking segment, which is very um, normal with 2K. 
uh, showcase mode where like Daniel Bryan or whoever's talking about the match, and then it goes into the match. Um, they do the cutscenes, which is something you've seen before with showcase mode. So it'll start with um, in-game uh, engine shit once it gets into the cutscene, where so like they're doing a, a sequence in the ring that they did in the match, and midway through that in-game, they cut to the actual match. I do really like that feature. I will say though, they they have run into a problem where if you're like playing on Twitch or if you're uploading your gameplay, uh huh, the actual footage is getting flagged. Yeah, and so that's a bummer. Be on the lookout for that's just kind of like a be a heads up for that. So that's a bummer. Hopefully they get that sorted out. But as a pl- from a player experience, oh my god, it's so it's super fucking cool. cool. Um, the, and that and that's why like it's a level of and don't get me wrong, some of the shit that Ray is saying in between is really cheesy, but it's because he is keeping kayfabe alive while doing so. Um, yeah. and that like and it's fine. Like that's fucking cool. Um, I love this showcase mode. It's all I can attest to. I haven't done a normal match yet. <clears throat> And I barely, like, I've touched the creation suite. Um, Haven't really dug into anything, so I can't give a full review. But, man, as of right now, they made a game that works. And I'm really, really annoyed that that is the benchmark. But, man, they did it, and they did it well. It plays. I have not had a single glitch in an hour. And fuck me, you're running, I love it. Uh, that's That's my review. Uh, first impressions. I'll give a full review next week. Hopefully, I'll be a little bit more critical. But as of right now, they gave me a game that works. The uh, yeah, the the bar was was beneath sea level uh, to the point that it was reported that WW. This is pretty much make or break for two K twenty two. If this game does not deliver, uh, did not deliver, then WWE had been shopping around possible replacements to make their game, including. Uh, EA being the front runner, and don't get me wrong, I think EA isn't like the evil company that people will you know that it was a decade ago. They that's still not ideal. That that's not best case scenario. But I think it would be interesting to see what another company could do with the license for a sports um, game. It is the worst case scenario. I'm gonna say it because I am somebody that plays Madden. Uh, EA getting their hands on something that is sport or sport adjacent is not a good thing. Yeah, but also, like, I am aware of, like, the 2K stuff. Like, not just with WWE, but, like, the NBA 2K bullshit of having a legitimate casino aspect to the game. Like, let's let's not act like one is really better than the other. No, 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 no. I'm just, I just saying. But I'm curious k- to see if it's a completely lateral move or, from a gameplay standard, what ea would do with it uh 2k um, I asked... makes games i like that's the difference because like yes 2k does like nba does have like a casino in it but man it's still a better game than madden is the uh i asked shannon if uh if he thinks that 2k22 is good enough do you think it is good enough to keep wwe from shopping their license and he says i do i think they should build on this it's a good foundation that does need work oh so, yeah this is that's a... fair which it's the first. It's the first year on the new generation of consoles, but we always give them that excuse. Like it, we do give two. Two K gets a lot of slack. So I, hearing that it's functional is a good step. I'm curious. Like one time, I need to just come over and like play with you yeah. a little bit to see if I like the controls. To see if I, you know, decide to pick it up because this is one I don't see myself buying it full price. But maybe I'll pick it up like when it goes on sale inevitably. So. Yeah. 
Um, but that is the news for that's there's our reviews for 2K. Uh, we got a handful of stories in the news of the week, and then we are out of here uh, real quick. Uh, let's see. Let's do some rapid fire ones. The newest inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame this year is going to be Vader. Very well deserved. Uh, it's about time. It is a little bit of a bummer that he was so vocal about wanting to go in before he died. And unfortunately now he, he, he they didn't induct him before then, but he's, he's getting in now. Yeah. His legacy will carry on. It's it it is super cool. I never really bought into the fact that they were going to do only the Undertaker this year, so it's not super surprising. But good on good on him for for finally getting Vader in there. In other Hall of Fame news, Ring of Honor is inducting Kerry Silken as the 2022 Legacy Award winner, and I guess that makes sense. Like if they want their Hall of Fame to be strictly in ring talent, that they can still honor Kerry Silken. Yeah. In a way, by doing the Legacy Award, that makes a ton of sense because there just there wouldn't be a Ring of Honor without him. Like a Ring of Honor as we know it, anyway. Yeah, and agreed. Like I'm not going to argue that at all. Um, just a fun little tidbit, friend of the show, Greg Miller. He hosts a little podcast called Kind of Funny Games Daily, uh, which obviously is a million times bigger than we will ever be. But you know, just good for him. You know, plucky, plucky, plucky little under guy, uh, underdog there. But he's having Samoa Joe is co-hosting the Kind of Funny Games Daily show tomorrow, Thursday, March 10th. So if you're listening to this probably today, March 10th, that's going to be a ton of fun. Samoa Joe is a very knowledgeable, very charismatic person. I have gone on record multiple times as saying he is the most effortlessly cool person on the planet. Yeah. And I'm excited to see him and, and Greg fuck around and talk about video games. Uh, some contract news. Fightful broke the story. Fightful selected that Miro has signed a contract extension with AEW, and that goes through 2026. Yeah, uh, he signed a four-year extension, so that's super cool. Uh, look out, God, because I liked good, that tweet. Uh, I don't. Luck. I don't control our Twitter at all on Nerdy's part, um, mm-hmm. which is good. But I legitimately uh, popped for uh, God right now, and it was the Millhouse. Uh, Ralph Wiggum. Ralph, shit. It was the Ralph, oh my huh, God. I'm in danger. Uh, that <laughs> got me. That made me laugh real hard. So Sometimes I appreciate funny. That. I appreciated it. That was good, Asa. Um, and then the uh, probably the arguably the biggest news of the week is Jeff Hardy is officially a free agent. Nope. Uh, his, I was I, good. Well, thank you for, for <laughs> letting me get that out. Uh, his, no, his non-compete with WWE expired this morning. And because we are recording this while Dynamite is live, uh, it is incredibly likely that he has already appeared on uh, Dynamite. As, and I'm guessing uh, uh, he he is not a free agent as of 20 minutes ago. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, no, he's already come out. Uh, he's all elite. Tony Khan has already made the uh, graphic. Uh, as we're okay. recording this at 8:36, he was a he was a free <laughs> agent when we hit a record. Okay. Uh, well, he wasn't, but in our heads, he was. Uh, and then in the middle of the recording, uh, I'm sure as we were talking about William Regal, uh, Jeff Hardy is uh, now officially <laughs> all elite. Um, I wonder if, and I don't know if there's a way to find it or not without like, we'll follow it up next week. But apparently Tony Khan and AEW were trying to get the rights to the Hardy Boys theme music because that's not a WWE song. Hmm. That is like licensed out stock music. Yes. 
And so they have, so we could hear just the Hardy Boys, the dun, 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 like, we could hear that theme in AEW. Yeah, because you can hear it anywhere. Yeah. Um, I have a story I'm going to tell you, but uh, it's I, I wouldn't say it's podcast. All right, no problem. Appropriate. Just keep going. So, I don't even uh, know why you said that much. Uh, yeah, I don't either. Because sometimes my my mouth is, is ahead of the thing that I want to say on my brain. Um, but so in uh, other in uh, breaking news story, we're adding a news story. Uh, Jeff Hardy is all elite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hope he enjoyed. He he took the, his free agency time to relax and uh, maybe maybe go on a trip. Uh, and yeah, to wherever the his... wherever the fuck all elite wrestling was this week. <laughs> so that is it for the show. Thank you everyone so much for listening, for tuning in. We appreciate the hell right out of you. Of course, you can share this episode, uh, tell your friends about us, get as many ears on as possible because we love to talk about wrestling. We love to talk about wrestling with you. Um, I did forget because I'm a terrible person and a terrible host. Real quick. I asked what you thought about revolution, the about revolution. And we heard back from a couple of you, uh, Dylan Hager, who has been a friend of the show from like day one. He gave uh, me, he gave me the heads up on the, uh, shop AW exclusive, but my oh, really? reception at work is so shitty. By the time that I saw it, it had already sold out. Oh, uh, shit. he got one though. I'm pretty sure he got one. So that's, that's dope. Good. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. Um, he responded that punk that punk entrance ruled Eddie Kingston rules swerve rules regal rules AEW rules and he is absolutely not wrong on any of those accounts let's see I had uh and then favorite match we had King I don't know how to say this but level one up TV on Twitter punk versus MJF had me glued to my screen yeah yeah I you can't argue that and then Michaela Mitten also one of the uh OG fans, longtime fan and friend. Uh, Adam Cole versus Adam Page because of the crowd chanting "Let's go, Adam." That's fair. Which, which, yeah, that's 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 also very fair. So, um, but yeah, if you hey, if you want to hear your thoughts on the podcast, hit us up on Twitter at Nerdiest Part. You can follow me at the Five Star Man. You can follow Dalton at PZ eighty five D Anthony. Uh, make sure you also check out Podzilla nineteen eighty five. They do. I know they're doing arguably entertaining. They just did their Luke Skywalker versus Harry Potter episode. Real good episode. Real good episode. I listened to it. Su- yeah, it was fun. Doesn't surprise me one bit. So uh, check them out. Hopefully, I'm trying to plant the seeds in Shannon's head about doing a Batman review because I want to talk about the Batman with people. And I yeah, I want to talk about the Batman. Have you talked to have you have you seen the Batman? Message me if you've seen the Batman. I will talk about it. Uh, um, but yeah, Podzilla nineteen eighty five. That you can uh, follow them on Facebook and pod and podcast feeds as well. And then, like I said, like the episode, share the episode, give us that rating, that good rating, and because that helps with the algorithm, that helps new people find us, and we can make new friends and talk about wrestling with friends because that is arguably one of the coolest things that we can do. So, uh, Dalton, thank you so much for being here. We will see everybody next week, back on Thursday, and until then, watch wrestling.